Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. This has been a burden in my life for a few years now, and finally I've got to the bottom of it. For a few years now, someone who I trusted to follow me on my personal Instagram account has been consistently informing the Sun newspaper of my private posts and stories. After a long time of trying to figure out who it could be for various reasons, I had a suspicion. To try and prove this, I came up with an idea. I blocked everyone from viewing my Instagram stories except one account. Over the past five months, I have posted a series of false stories to see if they made their way into the Sun newspaper. And you know what? They did. It's been tough keeping it to myself and not making any comment at all, especially when the stories have been leaked. However, I had to. Now I know for certain which account slash individual it has come from. I've saved and screenshotted all of the original stories, which clearly show just one person has viewed them. It's dot 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 dot. Rebecca Vardy's account. That was Colleen Rooney, the real Wagatha story. You can stream all three episodes now on Disney+. Plus. James Dempsey is with us once again. Afternoon, James. Afternoon. Is this a bit kind of like the Beckham thing, where it's a bit self-serving and she's an executive producer on it, etc., etc.? Et <laughs> I don't think she is actually an executive producer on it. Um, but what I did do when I was looking at who were or are the executive producers, I did notice that some of them were also executive producers on a documentary about Wayne Rooney that was made like last year or the year before. Okay. So I'd say they have they are you know firmly ensconced in the bosom of the Ro- the Rooney family, shall okay. we say? Right. And what we get here is a very dry look at what is supposed to be a really tantalizingly juicy piece of gossip. And like, it is a juicy piece of gossip. Oh yeah, absolutely. The Wagatha Christie thing is such a funny, clever uh, thing to do, you know, (laughs) as a like a manipulative, but yet funny and cunning and crafty way to out a, you know, a a rat, shall Mm, we say, right? And that's what Colleen Colleen Rooney did. Uh, And everyone knows, I mean, the story is Mm, very well told, but just in case someone has just woken up, right, it is basically that uh, she noticed that her stories were being sold to, her her private Instagram stories were being sold to the Sun newspaper. As a Liverpudlian, this is absolutely, totally against your identity because the city of Liverpool, you know, and the Sun newspaper are not friends. yes. And that sort of riled her up furthermore. And then she suspected Rebecca Vardy, who is a wag in her own right. And like, you know, whatever wags do in the sense that they sell things and are models Mm. and give tabloid stories, etc. She suspected it was her and came up with this way to catch her by only showing her her Instagram stories and hiding everyone else. And then famously tweeting it was Rebecca Vardy's account. And then Rebecca Vardy really stupidly yes. <laughs> uh, you know took a took a defamation case against her and uh, it's such an interesting uh, look at kind of the role of defamation in theory right that's mm. kind of like you know that's what the documentary could have explored right the fact that you potentially could have been defamed I mean maybe like Colleen had defamed her but and it looked for a long time like Rebecca Vardy was going to win actually but but it was just such a stupid case to take against her because she was mm. never going to win in the in the court of public, public opinion, opinion anyway anyway yeah. But here we get this three-part documentary and it, it is told in near excruciating detail. <laughs> By that I mean, you have Colleen Rooney who herself is kind of an interesting figure in the sense that 
you know, the, the first episode is sort of how she and Wayne met and the beginnings of their romance and how she was this, you know, 16-year-old schoolgirl. He was this 16-year-old footballer. He is, makes his debut in the premiership and scores and suddenly the paparazzi are poking out from behind her, wheelie bin, taking photos of her. Mm. As she's in her school uniform on her way to school. And that's not that long ago. Do you know what I mean? And it seems grotesque now, Mm. this idea that the paparazzo, paparazzo, you know, is waiting with his camera to snap a (laughs) schoolgirl in her uniform, right? And uh, she is described by herself and her family as this sort of straight-A student. She's really clever and bright in school. She's enjoying herself. And sort of then, I guess, the trappings of young infatuation with a famous footballer and all the good things that come with that for both of them, I mean, uh, sort of mean she leaves school and becomes a mother. And essentially, that becomes her absolute full-time job because I guess if you are bringing your children to, you know, various different private schools and after school events and then driving your husband around because he's banned from driving because he's found drunk driving with a mystery woman Mm, (laughs) beside him that your full-time job becomes basically family manager. Mm. And... Do they go into any of the mystery woman aspect of it? So I would say they they, they do more than lip service of it, right? Yeah. But like they don't really kind of delve deep into it. I yeah. mean, we get sort of Colleen's mother uh, saying, I think her name is Kalesh, saying like, well, I don't really, I don't like him all the time, kind of stuff like that, right? Yeah. And there's, yeah. certainly it's implied that this is not the only time that it has happened yeah. in, their, in, in, their, in their, you know, family. Yeah. Uh, but, but look, they young love wins out, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. And they, they are going the distance. And I think what the documentary sort of fails to capitalize on is how almost her isolation and her boredom fueled this obsession that she had herself. Because uh, at one point, the Roonies have relocated to the US where Wayne is playing for some team I can't even remember, right? right yeah. And she is uh, home, home alone with none of her support system around her, none of her family, none of her friends. And she's bored, shall we say, Mm. right? And therefore, she suddenly has the time to concoct this very clever and risky strategy to to try and out who she thinks is doing Mm. it. And I mean, when I say it goes into excruciating detail, I mean, we get this near blow-by-blow account of Colleen coming up with these Instagram stories, telling us about them. We see them on the screen. We see the photos. Then we see her going through her list of contacts and blocking each one one by one and then going, and I did a trial run and it said, seen only by Rebecca Vardy. And I did another one and it said, saw by two people and I had to go back in and block someone else. And then they do this again and it's seen by two people and I have to go back in and block someone else. Yeah. And really, we could have just edited it. Yeah, we could have said, you know, through trial and error, I got her. Yeah, Yeah, right. And then, but I will say, the first two episodes are like, you know, are like dry pieces of toast. Mm. But then the delicious melted butter comes in episode three. And in, what happens in episode three, episode three is the trial. Because in that one, we have more than just Colleen. And like, it's not that she's a bad narrator. You know, when I when I spoke about the Beckham documentary, which I which is a much more enjoyable documentary, because yeah. it's much more pacey. It's just better made than yes. this, yeah. right? Um, but but my point in that one was David is a very dull raconteur, right? <laughs> yes. And what where it it makes better use of people around him. And and Colleen is not as she's not a dull raconteur, but um, it, she's not directed well here, or it's not edited well. They need to just spice it up because let's face it, what we want here is trash gossip because this is about two wags and the stakes are low. <laughs> you yeah. know? Oh no, the stakes are... Well, I suppose an interesting aspect of that was that when that story came out, there was a kind of a, well, these are wags. And of course, people would have, well, you know, not that clever. But like, this was in, incredibly ingenious, what she Very came up with. Very much so. So, you know, w- did, 
is there any kind of aspect of Colleen Rooley is a smart woman? I think the redemption, yeah. yeah, I think what she does get is, no, redemption isn't the right word I'm looking for, but she gets to showcase a side of her that perhaps we don't always see, yeah. right? In the sense that, you know, if, if, if we are to believe what she says, that she was this absolute straight A student at school, that she was bright and yet like from a traditionally working class area with street smarts as well, right? Mm. That like, you know, that she has, uh, that she was able to work this out. And at one point she sort of, she teases effectively to Rebecca Vardy in a in a, in a a story going like, don't play the game with someone who can play it better that she just puts out as this general <laughs> warning. But where she comes really to her forefront is in that third episode where she is resolute that she wants to go through with this trial, that she is not going to settle, that she really believes that she can win, that she had garnered her evidence, that she had hired the right legal team. And then they sort of recreate moments from the trial, uh, more so with talking heads, but there is a few, <laughs> there's a lot of B footage of her getting out of cars. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, one of the talking head journalists, uh, Hadley Freeman, says that she was incredibly impressed by Colleen on the stand mm. because she could not be rattled by, you know, the, by the, the opposing counsel who were asking her very difficult questions mm-hmm. about her private life, about her Instagram, about all these things that really seem minor, you know, in the grand scale yeah. of what's going on in the world at the moment. But but that, you know, many people would crumble under the pressure of mm. that in a courtroom setting. And Colleen is not returning. She was absolutely resolute that she would get through. And I will say, she's quite gracious towards Rebecca Vardy throughout this whole process. I mm. mean, she, she definitely is not afraid to call her out for the things she did wrong. But she is, uh, she's quite gracious in how she talks about her and the things she, you know, Rebecca Vardy has had to endure as a result of this outing. But at the same time, what I wanted here was like, you know, delicious gossip. And it just was a little stale. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Uh, Right, uh, the next show is uh, The Burning Girls. You can stream all episodes now on Paramount+. Plus. Here's a clip. So, you came from Nottingham. I did, that's right, yes. And how are you finding it here? Everyone's been very welcoming. Have you seen the Burning Girls yet? Yes. They're everywhere. <laughs> oh, no, dear, not the dolls, the girls. They haunt the chapel. If you see the Burning Girls, something bad will befall you. That's why they made the dolls originally, to ward off the girls' vengeful spirits. You heard of Reverend Fletcher? Yes. Very sad. He was fascinated by that story. So he started to research the history of the village. That's how he became interested in the other girls. Other girls? Mary Joanne Lane and Joy Harris. Fifteen-year-olds disappeared without a trace 30 years ago. Right, James. So this is kind of scary-ish stuff yeah. for Halloween. Yeah. Look, in a week, <laughs> in, in a week, we'll be over. Right? <laughs> Basically, uh, at this time of year, especially in now that we are in the streaming world, right? The streamers are all pushing forward their various Halloween content. We had the fall of the House of Usher, which is okay on Netflix. Uh, when I was talking about that last week, I was I mentioned Goosebumps, just uh, you know, apropos of nothing. And of course, Disney has released six episodes now of a Goosebumps 
tie-in mm. multi-arc uh, show involving different uh, Orl Stein series all connected by the most boring mystery you've ever seen in your life. And this is Power Man's Go At It, right? So this is an adaptation of a novel by C.J. Tudor uh, and it is created, this is made by Hans Rosenfeld who made The Bridge, the very successful Danish uh, show about that Malmo Swedish bridge where no, someone yeah. was killed. Yeah. And I don't think he's quite uh, had as big a hit since that, basically. But here we have Samantha Morton, who plays the local vicar, Jack, in this uh, new town. She has moved with her teenage daughter, <laughs> who's like the most poorly sketched teenager you've ever seen, who's walking around with like a camera taking, you know, taking arty photographs of a puddle. <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> Just pointing her camera at like literally yeah. out of the gal, oh, right? She's arty, right? Um, and they moved to this new village called Chapelcroft, where we get at a, a you know with this uh, prologue two very very young girls being burnt to death at the stake in the 1600s during some uh, some English nonsense shall we yeah. say right yeah. and basically these haunting these girls have been haunting the town ever since and Jack arrives to the new vicarage where everyone is I mean <laughs> you know like right at the very beginning it's like. It's like Midsummer Murders meets The Wicker Man, right? Yeah. <laughs> like they're having this barbecue where they're throwing effigies on the fire and it is weird, creepy vibes. There are, there's, you know, there's roadkill left everywhere as yeah. far as I can see in this town. There are ghosts galore haunting. There's, you know, lights flickering and things going bump in the night and everything. And I found it almost ridiculously hammy but fun, right? Yes, okay, now, all right. By yeah. no means is this good, and I would not suggest to anyone <laughs> if you don't have a Paramount uh, Plus subscription to, like, rush out and get it just yeah. to seek this out. But, like, I mean, we've gone through some fairly miserable weather recently, uh-huh. and the days are getting dark, and the temperatures are dropping, and the nights are getting longer, and we are coming to, you know, that time of year mm. where things are a bit scary, spooky. And... This is not scary, nor is it spooky, but it is hammy. Yeah. And by that, <laughs> it doesn't know it's hammy, I suppose. No, it absolutely oh, doesn't know, right? Yeah, yeah. So like, uh, you know, right at the... <laughs> Right at the very beginning of Jack arriving at the local uh, vicarage, you know, she's sort of poking around the the, the church with, uh, you know, with a with the kind of sacristan who's got this haircut that just speaks weirdo, mm. and the, her daughter is out snapping photographs. Where when this eight year old blonde girl just arrives covered in blood, I mean, absolutely dripping, mm. and uh, this is then explained away by her her rich father. Oh, she just accidentally ended up in the pig slaughtering chamber, right? As if, as if this oh, is, we've all done yeah, it. Yeah, yes. of course, we've all done that. And like, I mean, it's not long before a you know a an exorcism kit turns up at her door, and we have flashbacks to various different mysteries. One involving what happened Jack's late husband, who was we know was murdered in the past, and uh, what happened Jack in her last post, where something definitely was weird, and also a thirty-year-old mystery of two other girls who have gone missing in the town. So. There's certainly a lot to get through and it doles it out quite rapidly. Six episodes is pushing it, in my opinion. Mm. But if you are looking for an absolutely taxless piece of October schlock, then you could do a lot worse. Okay, possibly in the same vein. Our next show is The (laughs) Two Johnnies Late Night Lock-In. You can see it Thursdays at 9.35 on RTE2 or catch up in the RTE player. Here's a clip. Uh, Whitegate, question two. The hair salon in Whitegate is named after the owner Stacy's twins. What are their names? 
We're looking at you for this. <laughs> I don't get my hair done there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It's done in a rival salon. But like, if you ask me who won the salon prior to that, I could give you that. That's answer. not the question. I don't know the names of the twins. Jesse and Jane. Jane. Oh my God! Let's 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 cross life. <laughs> Hi, my name is Stacey. I run the salon in Whitegate. I named the salon after my twins. Steph and Tony. Steph and Tony. Steph and Tony. Right? Is this kind of like? TGI Friday for boggers. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. Right, well, my, my biggest quibble with it is um, that they call it late night lock-in and it's at 9.35. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> right? right? Like, yeah. you suspension know. of disbelief yeah, there. Yeah. Right. So... <laughs> yeah, much of an audience at half 11. I though. suppose, I suppose. But they are aiming, I mean, I suppose, they're, I suppose they're aping for a kind of American late night show or, but, but meets TFI Friday in that kind of laddish vein, right? Mm. Now, what I will say is whether or not any listener likes the two Johnnies is not for me to decide, right? Yeah. And certainly, I think there's no point going into this if you don't like the show. Yeah. Or if you don't like their, their yeah, little shtick. Because thing, that's, yeah. Because that is what they do. Yeah. And they have turned it into a very, very, very successful career for the pair of them. Yeah. So clearly, if, like, if one does not like them, twos and threes and fours do. Many, yeah. many, many people do. Yeah. Right? And I, can, I am actually quite indifferent to them. Right, mm. I just don't necessarily consume an awful lot of their media. So I sat down to watch this with expectations at you know rock bottom, right? Mm. Because I didn't know what to take. And it is what I will give them credit for is they throw everything at this, right? It is an hour of quote unquote late night chat show, live-ish TV. It certainly has the vein. If it certainly looks like it's live, right? Yeah. And uh, in it, they, you have the two Johnnies, you know, in a pub. Uh, I, I, I assume it's in Tipperary, where they're from, right? Yeah. Or it's uh, a set. Or yeah. I don't. I think it's. It looks like a real working pub, yeah. right? Okay. Uh, God, that must have cost money. Like, a but I actually don't know. To, yeah. Right. And th- so then they do their. They do a bit of silliness. They brought out Una Healy as a guest, and they chat to her. Then they play some silly games with her. Then they bring out uh, Sean Locke, the comedian. He's a British comedian. Yeah. I kind of thought they set him up for failure because the whole brand of this show is. Irish small town yeah, and then he comes out to do this set where he's this Londoner mm. and like <laughs> he bombed right? yeah. like, like he he absolutely bombed then they have Marty Morrissey doing some stuff then they, um, they you know <laughs> earlier on they have this thing called the doghouse which <laughs> uh, where they have this woman with an incredibly annoying laugh and they put her in the doghouse and then they have this very funny bit, I, th- I found it very funny, where they have these, you know, two teams of three, where it's like, which is the better parish, right? Oh, the parish uh, quiz. Yeah, the they do that version of that on the radio well, show uh, as well. Look, yeah. look at me, how ignorant yeah, I am, yeah. right? So the parish quiz, what I like, uh, do they do on the radio where they actually go to people in the parish for the answers yeah, as well? Yeah, you have to ring in if you're from a particular townland and they'll have questions about, you know, the chipper gotcha. and uh, the name well, of the parish perfect. priest and that okay. kind of stuff. Well, yeah. that I thought was really funny. Yeah. That I thought was like clever and the way they worked it was really funny. They had the teams of three but they would go to like video footage of the local you know beauty therapist or the local yeah. you know chipper operator mm. or what that's, that's what yeah, that's called yeah. right but anyway um, all in I just thought it was anarchic and madcap not always in successful ways yeah. but certainly not in total failure ways either right like I think if you like them you'll like them and if you don't like them you're not going to be tuning in to the two Johnny's late night lock in anyway yeah. Right. Yeah. But when watching it, I was sort of struck by this. You know, I, like undoubtedly, I'm sure there are people, you know, trolling them, like Rebecca Vardy, going, 
look at these guests, right? Look at these yeah. guests. I mean, who are well, they going to yeah. guess, right? You, one could say Marty Marty, kind of an obvious one for them, really. <laughs> but that's their kind of thing, yeah. right? And I think he's only in this first episode, or at least that's what they implied. But yeah. uh, you could easily see him eking out a little regular yeah. cameo, right? But like, I don't know what people are expecting their guests to be, you know, yeah. on a Thursday night uh, in October when there's nothing else going on, right? That's, like, yeah, interesting. Like, like well, Sean Locke is a... Yeah, that must have I cost some money. So. Yeah, or Sean Walsh, sorry, well, Sean, oh, Walsh, Sean Walsh. Walsh yeah. But I, um, I, I never, never heard of him. That's my fault. Uh, yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry. I think yeah. Sean Locke is or I Pete. Anyway, but yeah. um, but yes, I will, say, I will say, <laughs> I will say that uh, like what Tommy Tiernan's show has has proven is that actually the guests on the show don't really matter, right? Like if the chat is funny, if it is engaging enough, if mm. the audience are enjoying it. It'll work. Yeah. And I think there is, I think they throw enough energy at this that you can't be bored by it. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you'll like it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Uh, those three shows are Colleen Rooney, The Real Wagatha Story. All episodes you can stream now on Disney+. Plus. The Burning Girls, you can stream all episodes now on Paramount+. Plus. And The Two Johnnies, Late Night Lock-In. That's Thursdays, 9.35 on RT2. And you can catch up on the RT player. James Dempsey, thanks a million. Thank you. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. with Anna Glaze on News Talk.